Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at choosewood.com. This is the Politically Speaking Hour on St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. This week, St. Louis County Executive Sam Page delivered the State of the County Address. The Democratic official ticked off some of the county's economic development accomplishments, provided a warning about an uncertain budgetary future, and sought to brand the state's most populous county as Opportunity Central. We want the Austins and the Nashvilles and the other metro regions that have done a fine job branding themselves to know that we see you and we appreciate you. But we are also competing with you our pride, our talent, and our possibilities. Page's speech largely steered clear of controversy or contention, with perhaps the exception of a new logo that sparked some sharp critiques on social media. It was a far cry from the acrimonious atmosphere that prompted one of Page's allies, St. Louis County Councilwoman Kelly Dunaway, to forego a re-election bid. I talked last week with Dunaway, and she spoke candidly about her disappointments and frustrations while serving on the seven-member council. I first asked the Chesterfield Democrat why she decided not to run for re-election. Well, first I want to say it really has been an honor, as cliche as it may sound, to serve the constituents of the second district and to serve St. Louis County, but I have served during a very challenging time. I think you know, the pandemic brought out the worst in, a, in all of us in many ways. And that was thrown in my face on a weekly basis. And I felt really unsupported through a lot of that. And like I was kind of alone up there. And I know I wasn't. And really, I was behind a screen. So it wasn't even that I was up there. But it was just really painful. And it was painful, not just the people that were being cruel and throwing, you know, terrible words at us uh, in social media and at the council meetings. But also, there was a real rift between the Democrats. And that I found to be very painful, too, because I, for me, I was standing up for saving lives. I was voting to save lives. And I wanted to give our medical professionals enough time to get this under control. And I, I thought I was doing what was right to save lives. And I didn't feel that way from my colleagues, and I found that to be very painful. So I would say, you know, that was a very long answer to your question, which is, why am I not doing this? Because I've gotten the crap kicked out of me for the last five, well, four years. It will have been five years. And I have repaid all of my karmic sins, and I am ready to go lean into the joy. Well, we'll talk more about COVID in a minute. But like one of the general observations I've had about serving on the county council is it's a big time commitment for a marginal amount of money. So it's $20,000 a year for now. If you would have run again and won, you would get $40,000. But you just mentioned that the amount of scrutiny you all get honestly feels disproportionate for how much money you're making, to be very frank. Like, how did that dynamic factor into your decision? I mean, it is a huge commitment. And it's not just the time, Jason, or the financial hit that you take, uh, that I took. But like the emotional burden of it all, because it weighs heavily, like the votes. I used to also get really stressed out about how other people were voting. It used to really weigh on me, like, how can people not see this the, the you know, I put in air quotes, the right way. 
And then, you know, during the pandemic, I did like what a lot of people did and sort of turned to inner, you know, my inner, my heart and my spiritual connection to the universe and started to realize, you know, what I can and can't control and how to let go of the rest. But even still, even in my most mindful moments, there has been so much pain and agony and emotional just being distraught with this work and the scrutiny and, you know, just the reputation of the council and how we all interact. It's just too much. I think it's pretty clear to say that hindsight is twenty twenty, And like, I think we could both agree that like, knowing what we know now, shutting down parks was probably not a great idea. Probably not. And I think that even County Executive Page would admit that. But I think like, there, there was like a lot of scrutiny of things like mass mandates and occupancy restrictions. The response to it was pretty visceral. It was more than just seeming like a policy disagreement. Why do you think that the reaction to some of these things were what they were? I think because we were scared. We didn't have any answers. Um, And, you know, not to go back to that moment that Obama had, but, you know, when we're scared and don't know what's going to happen and don't know if we can believe the information we're getting, we cling to what's safe. And I think for a lot of people that turned into rage pretty quickly. I think isolation and people being stuck together also made some unfortunate family situations explosive. And I just think that people got mad and they got so mad that they just took it out on us and on anybody else that was telling them or they felt that were telling them that they needed to wear a mask, they needed to stay home, they couldn't put their kids in schools. Do you think, though, that some of the policies that you've supported, like mass mandates for in particular, my biggest question about it, how are you going to equitably enforce this? And I don't think that there was ever a clear answer about this because county government doesn't have 600,000 people. So you kind of just have selective enforcement. Do you think that was kind of the problem overall with that type of policy? I mean, I feel like there's so no way to enforce so many of the things that we pass and that we want and that we expect from our friends and neighbors. For me, I was never worried about enforcement. I didn't want the police going and telling people to put on a mask or or get out. I just wanted to let the community know, I hear you. I'm here to protect you. I'm here to do my best to use whatever power and influence I have to tell your neighbor to put on a mask. Do you think that County Executive Page's approach ended up being the right one? And if so, why? Yes, because I think lives were saved. And I think we kept our hospitals from being overrun with sick people. And I think we did the best we could with the information that we had available. Would we do things differently in another pandemic? I'm sure. Because we would have lessons learned and mistakes made. And we can see where we went right and wrong. But I mean, right now, it's still really, it's still really tough to know. I mean, you also, I think on that show talked about how Sam Page was like, one of your mentors politically. He's not the warmest or fuzziest political figure. And he's obviously elicited an awful lot of hate for someone who frankly is not the most exciting person. But do you still consider him to be your mentor or do you, have you kind of soured on him over the last four years? No, I still, I'm still a big fan of Sam Page. I think he's a genuinely decent human being. I think he, you know, I 
he's a doctor. He knows best. And that can get really annoying sometimes. But I do value his opinion. I seek out his judgment. I think he is a good, decent human. Now, you mentioned the split among Democrats. And I want to be more specific about what we're talking about here. For I, I think the past several years, you and Councilwoman Lisa Clancy have had a pretty noticeable rift at times from Councilwoman Rita Days and Councilwoman uh, Shalonda Webb. I think when Rochelle Walton Gray was on the council, she was more aligned with you two. What do you think was kind of the impetus behind that rift and how do you think it affected the council dynamics? It was all COVID. Because if you'll remember, Jason, when Rita and I won, Councilwoman Days and I won our special elections in the fall of, in the summer of 19, actually, we came in and Sam was still on in this honeymoon phase by taking over from the corrupt prior administration. And we did some really cool things. We passed a red flag law, which gives the St. Louis County Police the ability to take away guns from people who are dangerous. Um, We really stood up for women's reproductive health rights. I I just felt like it was a magical time for us. We were doing cool things, progressive things, and we were standing together and having a lot of fun and getting things done. And then COVID hit, boom, and everything changed. We went from, you know, doing all this cool stuff to responding to this health crisis that no one had ever seen or had any idea what to do with. And we were thrust into this stressful situation. We were worried about our families, our own health, our neighbors, our communities. And then, you know, I don't know what happened. I don't know when or how, but I saw Councilwoman Days moving her policy away from what I thought was our policy, masks, um, keeping people safe, keeping, you know, occupancy rates low. We were saving lives. And she started turning to the right during that time and siding with the other side. And I just really, I was hurt and disappointed by that. And then that rift just got bigger and wider and harder and more complex and more painful. I mean, one of the, like, sharpest points of this rift was when when Shalonda Webb won, there were there was an element of the council that wanted to keep Lisa Clancy as council chairwoman, even though it was pretty clear that Rita Days was going to win that election when Shalonda Webb was sworn in. I saw that and I was like, I know exactly what's going on here. I know the council dynamics pretty well. They're trying to prevent the new majority from being getting the, the, the councilwoman chair. Would you at least concede that that wasn't the best thing to do? Because you were part of trying to keep Lisa Clancy on there. It was it was a it was a terrible. We made the bad. We made a very bad choice. Um, and and that's all I can say about it. I mean, do I regret that? Yes. We should have just let Rita have it. Like that's where we really screwed up. Is we really just should have let her have it. But I think it wasn't just me. <laughs> I wasn't the only one that was disappointed and disillusioned and couldn't believe how she was voting on things like masks. Like, I couldn't believe it. And for her to want to be chair after that, I was just like, no way can I support that. So let's talk about let's 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 go into the future. You still have a year left. And you mentioned the but the budgetary situation for the county is very perilous right now. After like a couple of years of like having the federal money and being able to like bridge a lot of gaps. I think that federal money has gone now. You have what is it like a thirty million dollar budget deficit? Forty million dollars? It's not, forty. Yeah. Forty. 
what is the county going to do? I wish I knew. I mean, I've been here for four years. I've been asking the same questions for four years. I've been looking for creative solutions for four years. I still think we have to find new ways of raising revenue without raising taxes on people who are not willing to pay a dime more for their government. And I get it. Like, look at us. We're confrontational. We don't get along. All of our policies get stalled and all this nonsense. And um, I think, I, I mean... I hate to say this because I don't really feel this way, but it's kind of not my problem. I mean, I am going to spend the next year doing what I can to find creative solutions, creative ways to raise revenue. And if anybody out there that's listening has any ideas or wants to help, please call me because right now I'm a silo trying to figure this out. You ended up voting for the budget, which County Executive Page criticized pretty substantially. Why did you decide to, to vote for it? As I told the county executive at the very beginning of this process, send me a balanced budget and I'll vote for it. He didn't. He left the council no choice but to make cuts of its own. And so there you have it. That's where I was on the end of that. And I think what the question is, and I think Councilwoman Clancy put this very eloquently when she was on the Politically Speaking Hour on St. Louis on the Air. County residents are going to have to either shift their expectations about what county government could actually deliver for them, or they're just going to have to find ways to pay for it. The, the the things we're talking about cutting already have small budgets, except for maybe public health. But is that really where you want to cut? I mean, I guess some of my colleagues would say that public health is a um, a privilege, not a right. I don't feel that way. I, I just don't know where else you cut. I mean, there are a lot of employees in St. Louis County that are doing a lot around the clock to fix holes in the roads, to keep lights turned on, to make sure that we're safe. And, you know, public safety is a huge part of our budget. I, I just, I don't know where to cut. So one of the other things that I noticed that you voted against, uh, kind of one of the county executive's priorities was this package for Boeing. And I think what you told my colleague, uh, St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt was, you voted against the senior tax freeze, but then you had I mean, you had a lot of trouble then just voting for this Boeing package if you were not going to give a, a tax break to to seniors who are largely on fixed incomes. I thought that was a really interesting, such as like a boring word, but I, I thought it was very notable that you were like thinking out loud like that. And I'd like you to elaborate on that. So... It's kind of a long story, but I had a constituent some time ago reach out to me after I had awarded, or it wasn't just me, take seven votes, but I um, pushed forward a Chapter 100 bond for a constituent company. It's basically, it's like a TIF, but smaller, and it allegedly keeps businesses in the district and growing and spending more money and whatnot. And a constituent reached out and was like, why are you giving away corporate welfare? And I was like, is that what this is? So I did some research. I called some people. I got my homework on all these different kinds of TIFs and Chapter 100 bonds and, and these other incentives to keep businesses here. And there isn't data that shows if they actually are successful, if they do what they say they're going to do. There's all this theory and hype that it is our job to pay, to bribe our companies to stay here. And I don't like it. 
I don't like it unless they're also willing to spend at least half of the tax break on maybe naming rights or on building a community center in North County or on some other give back. You want me to give you $150 million in tax breaks? Well, then what are you going to do in exchange? Stay here? Like maybe create 5,000 new jobs, but maybe lose 2,500 others? I, I just, I don't... I understand the criticisms. Believe me, this was a really hard call for me to make. Makes it easier that I was the only one. Yeah, well, it's six to one, and it's not. It, you were at the crucial vote. You can have some leeway to make decisions like this, but continue. But, and that's what it was. Like, it was a hard vote because I do. I agree. St. Louis has lost so many of our hometown companies um, through mergers and through moving out. And I get that we need to invest in keeping businesses here. But not not while we ourselves are on the brink of bra- bankruptcy and they're not offering to give anything back. So in the final few minutes we have, we've spoken about a lot of negative stuff that's happened to you. <laughs> What was the what was your favorite thing about being on the council? My favorite thing about being on the council was that I have gotten to see the work that so many truly heroic people are doing in our community. People working for nonprofits, people who are like a phoenix, like fly out of the dust of their own loss to do more for the community. It's just been such an honor to be a part of that. I see amazing businesses doing really cool and innovative things, especially in my district, because we've got the plant science and it's just really cool. It's been an honor getting really to learn about the people and the work that's being done here that makes this such an amazing place to live. So there are several people who are lining up to try and and replace you. It's a fairly democratic district. Although I did think that your special election was interesting because you were running against another elected official who's now the mayor of St. Anne, by the way. Yes, she is. Also, lovely person. But this is a Democratic district, so whoever wins the Democratic primary is probably going to replace you. What sort of words of warning or advice would you have for your successor? I think keep an open mind, listen to all sides, listen to everybody, and just be kind. This episode was produced by Jason Rosenbaum. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.